0: Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Andrea. Hi, I'm Andrea and I'm a compulsive overeater. Andrea. Um, I apologize, I don't have my pictures. And I love, I personally love pictures because it really, especially the ones I have, um, one of them was the one that's the worst looking one, probably, was given to me by somebody who. Um, I was at a fashion show when I first started this absence. when I was at my top weight of 213, and that was 42 and a half years ago. And um, I maybe had lost a few pounds because I had been abstinent for 10 days. Probably five or whatever anyway, because uh, I, when I got abstinent, I really ate differently. Because my sponsor convinced me, This is this time around, I'd been in and out of the program a couple of times. And this time around, I had come before my daughter was even born. When we first bought our house, that was probably 46, 47 years ago. And uh, I sat at a table with these people, and my God, this woman had no money and a child, and this woman had a mentally ill son, and this woman was on welfare, and I had bought my starter house. In Millbury, in those years, you, you bought a house. Everybody who bought a house thought they'd go to the next level. As, you, as your income increased or whatever, now it's just a miracle with the prices nowadays. Anyway, needless to say, I'm in my starter house. Let's just put it that way. But I was, uh, anyway, so I was 32 years old when I came. When I went then, I had a lot of hope, and I bought a house, and I wanted to wear a hostess gown with a, uh, a belt like Loretta Young. I don't know how tall Loretta Young is, but I know she's a lot taller than I am. Anyway, and uh, of course I didn't have any staircase, but anyway, uh, you know, I'm such a fantasy person because when I started, I always did have fantasies. I, even as a little kid, I don't know why I was an only child. I, there was a Navy at the end of the block and there might be little people. I thought maybe some of them were in my bed. I mean, it was just always fantasy world and that just increased as I started eating more in escape. You know, that's why I love TV, romantic movies, things that are totally unrealistic, the hallmark world. Anyway, um, what happened was, uh, of course, I have a disease. And this disease is progressive and the hopeless nature of the disease, it's a hopeless nature because I don't have a hope if I'm really, truly a compulsive overeater. Just like alcoholics. When they're drunks, they don't have a chance of getting sober most of them maybe there's an exception but most of them unless they go in unless they find some way to stay sober and usually give up alcohol that's how i am and what happened was i had i had had some successful diets but the truth of the matter is i never really was successful you know how people say oh i could have always lost my weight when i came back in here i would had no hope left something had clicked in me cuz i had Never been that fat before, and, um, well, I'm jumping around here a lot. Well, anyway, one of the things I want to talk about is that, uh, let's go back to when I was a child, and I really got conscious of my body. I had this skinny cousin who always used to call me names. You know how cousins very jealous of me because I was an only child. My parents were different. She had her problems. And, you know, when you're fat like I was, the people could always get to me. They just could put me in my place real quick if they said something derogatory. And I was, so anyway, my cousin used to, brought up my weight, and I think I liked a boy that was I played with a lot. And he said something about me. The other, there were two boys, and one of them called me a name and all this stuff. And I went in, and I had been introduced to a religion when I did my first communion, Catholicism, like at seven years old. So now I'm in third grade. And I weighed myself, and I'll never forget. At that time, I was pretty tall, because I was about as tall as I probably <laughs> By eighth grade, I was, tall. I was taller than I am now, because I've shrunk <laughs> in about two and a half inches. But I was pretty tall, but I stopped real quick, like in grammar school, never grew anymore. And I got on the scale, and I weighed 99 pounds, and I remember asking God to please do something. Never in my life did I think the solution would be that I had to stop eating something. Never in my life, and I I never, really truthfully, I'm, well, I'm not, I just was a very immature person about this disease, and I was not open to any of that. So what happened was, um, guess what? I just kept gaining. But I wasn't real, real heavy. I was just overweight, and there was always a girl in my class heavier than me, so guess what? She got picked on more, and so like a lot of overweight, and I'm one of these overweight people that's not an accomplished overweight person that decides to throw herself into school and accomplishing. I worked on the personality, and I'm a people pleaser, and so I just worked on that. Being liked by everybody, being loved by everybody. And I worked hard on that because I'm lazy, that I wasn't going to work hard at school. So, anyway, and it wasn't emphasized like it is today about your education. And my parents, I was a good daughter, that's all that mattered. <laughs> and I was a nice girl, so, you know, I was going to marry well. Anyway, um, what happened was um, the disease progressed and I was miserable. And in high school, I developed even more of a dream world, especially when I, I was supposed to be in the bedroom doing my homework. And of course, I used my personality. I went to an all-girls school. as was a good place to hide out. Hit one of my top weights about 190 when I was a senior and uh still got to go to the dances and the boys that liked me i didn't like i always wanted the real you know the adonis and here i am (laughs) i have such a good personality we're going to make up for all that other stuff you know like the girls are beautiful and thin and everything else anyway um and i started when i'd binge i'd fantasize rather than do my homework well anyway bottom line is it just got worse and then when i got out of high school i got a job I went to a business college. My mother wanted me to do one thing. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do this other thing, and anyway, I went to a business college, and the disease kind of, I lost some weight. I lost some weight. And it, when, in my day, I'm 74 years old, in my day, people always said, you have such a pretty face. <laughs> I got to tell you, when I lost all the weight, I was very disappointed I wasn't taller and prettier. <laughs> anyway, that's, I just had no concept of, my, of what was, really was. And I was always, my mother made my clothes for me, so I really, she worked hard to make me look as good as possible. I'd say, how do I look? Do I look thin? Anyway, um, I worked really hard at it. And I also, uh, I was a binger. I was a binger and I tried all these diets. I didn't realize that I was a person that had a lot of resentments. Didn't, when I came back in this program 43 years ago almost, I didn't think I had any resentments. I told people that I was, that I was numb, that people, I felt like I was a victim, my personality, I'm kind of a victim person. I, I like to do that and uh, I blamed everybody And uh, when I came in, I had married at 25, and I, oh, I want to talk about one of the things. Things kept happening to me, like one thing was when I was 21, I really wanted to be a stewardess, really, really wanted to be a stewardess. And in those days, you got weight every week. I couldn't even lose the weight enough. I could lose some weight, but I couldn't get thin enough that I could even apply for it, let alone try to keep the weight off. And those kind of experiences really helped me surrender to what I have to surrender to in this program, that I am powerless over food, and that I am addicted. Not only addicted, I'm addicted, allergic, and emotionally involved. Mm -hmm. I was emotionally involved with some foods. I'm emotionally involved with all foods. Let me tell you, I had a good dinner. Anyway, (laughs) and my sponsor said this was not a deprivation. This is a way of life this is what I do today is a way of life and that means that it's all centered around my food this program and finding that power in this room when I came back in after being out for a while and went back up to my top weight when I came back in my sponsor promised me she goes there's a power, Andrea, and I was mad at God. I went from wanting to be a nun with an altar in my bedroom to really being <laughs> pissed at God, and, I, and I'm Catholic. I would have, If they had had me run, rub Buddhist tummy, I would have done it, which is against my religion to you know, have these false gods. Anyway, she said, Andrea, there's a power in this room that will have, help you to never eat another potato chip. And one of my major binge foods at the end was potato chips. Well, I liked food, all food. I ate a lot to get to 213 because I'd go on periods of starving or trying to starve. And what happened was uh, it was I'm lucky it was a potato chip, and I was lucky in those days they made potato chips out of potatoes because that helped me surrender to the carbohydrates. And I'll never forget when she said to me, you can't eat rice either, because I didn't even really know what a carb. I knew, I knew I had to give up bread and potatoes and that, but I didn't really know what a real carbohydrate i didn't know it was going to be and she goes i said forget it rice is no problem about four weeks later my mother made one of my favorite dishes with rice and i called her up and i said you're right rice is a problem (laughs) you know i just had no idea but anyway i'm really jumping around i wanted to go back to how this this thing about not being able to be a stewardess helped me really accept how powerless i am then when i got married when i got married That was gonna be the thing. The marriage was gonna help me. A relationship does not help a compulsive overeater give up food permanently, or any time at all. I had a terrible time getting in the wedding dress. Then after we got married, uh, and I'm a people pleaser, we're off to Europe for three months. My husband saved money, I had a car loan. So we go to Europe, and um, on, on our honeymoon, things started to happen and I communication is not good on me and my husband's not a big communicator so I kept thinking I'll have to talk to him about this when we get back. <laughs> Years later I'm in O.A. and my sponsor and I kid about how I had a carpet and she I'd say to her because I think you need to talk to Mike and I'd say wait a minute I'm putting it under the rug right behind me. You know I the communication was hard it was very hard for me to tell my feelings. Anyway, uh, and he didn't really want to hear him. Anyway, I shouldn't say that. Let's just say it wasn't part of it. So anyway, what happened is uh, after we got married, then then I got pregnant. We bought the house. I got pregnant. Well, this baby was going to be the solution. Well, that's when I hit my 213 for the first time. I was eating for two, and it was really funny. I wait about... I forget what I weighed, but for the first five months, I weighed about 176. You know, I can't remember what happened or what the world was happening, but I can remember what I weighed at certain times of my life. Mm -hmm. One, you know, as if this is important to me, it is important. I weighed 176, and I got morning sickness, and I had it for five and a half months. So my thinking, this is only Andrea's thinking, and please, for the newcomer, this is just my story. Anyway, I thought... I'm cured. The baby's doing it. The marriage, the baby—it's doing it. And I really did think. And then I got my appetite and went from 176 to 213, and I really had a huge weight gain at Christmas. Baked the Christmas cookies, had all the candy and the candy dishes. Had this cute little house with these shutters and the Christmas tree, and I was going. And this baby was going to do it, and I didn't see my regular doctor. I saw some of his associates, and he said when I saw him, he goes, That's it. I'm you're only seeing me. And he says, if you gain another pound, I'm putting you in the hospital. He said, Sweet, stop sweet talking, these doctors. Because he really felt what I weighed was important. And he was right. I developed toxemia, which could have hurt the baby. And I also I had to keep overeating, so I ate a lot of oranges. I was so afraid this child was gonna come out orange because I ate so many oranges (laughs) because they were lower in calories. I mean, anything I can get away with, I wanna get away with, even today. If I could get away with it, I'd lie more, you know? I mean, truthfully. Anyway, um, well, now I'm not supposed to lie, period. I'm in the program, but I mean, you know, anyway. This is a way of life. So anyway, so what happened is I had the baby and I lost 20 pounds, and then I didn't lose any more weight. And I, and I did not want this child to have this disease. But it was all right, because she took naps twice a day. So I ate when she took those naps. Well, right before I came back in, she was turned two, she was stopping the naps, so things were getting testy. You know what I mean? I was trying to sneak the food. Anyway, bottom line is what happened was, um, and I had been in and in and out of the program, and uh, what ha- and I had had one kind of good abstinence, but it was really a diet, and I broke it. I, day of Christmas, I ate a potato chip, and everything changed. Everything in my being changed. I didn't realize I did have a a commitment or a bargain with my higher power, but everything in my being changed. Anyway, I went back up to two thirteen. And this, I had met this woman and she called me up and she talked me into going to a meeting. Oh, I had tried to go to a couple of meetings, okay, that's it. Fourth step, I, when I read those steps, when people read the steps for the newcomer, for me it was terrifying reading those steps, amends, I was going to do an inventory. I'm the victim, how come I have to, you know, I had none, no desire for any of that. Character defects, not part of my vocabulary. So anyway, what happened was at the, end of the, at, at the end of the 12 steps, and they read something else in the, um, over here in the big book. They read this paragraph that you can see I have highlighted, but I'm not going to read all that. They read the ABC, that we were compulsive over ears and could not manage our own lives. When I had been in before in the program, wasn't out could was a compulsive overeater and could not manage my own life I knew I was a compulsive overeater but I still didn't get the i, I still it didn't it, it didn't dawn on me it was about the food it did it about deba- it was about the behavior just didn't dawn on me and i didn't think my life was unmanageable you know at that time it was not unmanageable came in this time around my life was unmanageable I was desperate. I hated everybody in my life. I loved my daughter. The marriage was on the rocks in my brain. Anyway, um, I just, I hated myself more than I hated anybody else. I had always liked people, and I had started to want to isolate. I didn't realize that. I was thinking about this because of the share today. I didn't realize I had started to isolate because I didn't want to go in mixed company and uh I, I just I and I didn't have any money to buy the clothes I want it was just terrible and I, I should have gone back to part-time work I should have but I didn't have anything to wear and I sure wasn't going to go back to my old job so I was going to be the mother the stay home mom truth of the matter is I didn't want to I had no ambition or anything and I if my husband asked me to mail a letter I had a hard time doing it it's just something happened to me this la the last couple of months before I came back in Well, I guess the disease progressed, huh? Everybody's different with it. Well, anyway, what happened was um, she called me, and I said, well, I can't go to San Francisco. I don't want to see anybody. I'm 213. I didn't say that. Yeah, I guess I did say that to her. And she said, well, let's go to Pacifica. They have a meeting in Pacifica. I hadn't gone to Pacifica meetings. When I came back in... There were only, like, a meeting in Pacifica, and I think there were four meetings in the city. There was no meeting in Marin or the East Bay or the peninsula, and I live on the peninsula in Millbrae. There was no meetings any of those places, so there was four or five, maybe six, I don't know, six or, I don't know how many meetings there were here, but the rooms were packed, just packed. And uh, it was really just a couple of food plans, and one of the bigger ones was the, the low carbohydrate called gray sheet. What it really is is a low carbohydrate and no sugars. And measuring, it's measuring. But uh, so what happened is we went to this Tuesday night meeting and I'll never forget my spawn, the the woman that I went with, she picked me up. She had lost 20 pounds, and her personality had improved, which needed to be improved. I thought, you know, I'm so arrogant and judgmental. And then we go to this meeting, and the speaker is so tiny. She had just lost 85 pounds on this gray sheet. And she, I thought, this is a message from God, who I was very mad at. But I thought, this is a message from... I thought, this is a message. This is an omen or whatever. And then she shared, and this person that I went with really believed in the addiction. I The only way I could start day one was that I was emotionally involved. Couldn't even use the word addiction or allergy. That's how much I was in denial. Denial is a big thing for me. Anyway, what happened was... Oh my God. Okay, what happened was um, I went to that first meeting and I started this abstinence that I'm on today with the no carbs and the no sugars. It was very, very hard, but my sponsor promised me that if I didn't take the first bite and get that in my system again, I would be physically relieved. Of course, we didn't discuss how then I had to go through the holidays and the birthdays. We didn't discuss that, thank God, because I was just barely making a day at a time. On the phone a lot, we had to discuss every meal, went to a lot of meetings. I'm very lucky that we only had the big book, the 12 by 12, two books that I still read every day that were conference approved at AA and OA, but now they have their own books. But the thing is, these two books... This is the main issue of those two books. That's what I have every day. And there's a prayer at the bottom. I wasn't praying. There was a prayer. I did a prayer every day. We used to say more, more different kind of prayers, so there were a lot of prayers at the meeting. Then there's this meditation. Never am a meditator, naturally, but this meditation is a very spiritual thing, and there was the top. That was the first one, and it talked about my personality, and there was always a question. What was the question today? I thought I wrote it down. Anyway, uh, anyway, 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 the, the, other, the other book said talking about the phone. Anyway, the, the thing was that I got started, and I'm so grateful. I had a slip 11 days later because I was at a fashion show feeling sorry for myself, and I had gotten through the whole meal with moving everything around, not eating this, not eating that. They put the dessert in front of me. This is the insanity of my personality. I didn't even like that dessert. But I felt very uncomfortable. Two of the women started talking about their weight. They were skinny. So whenever there was a table, and I was by far the fattest person, whenever anybody started talking about weight and I was in the circle, I took it as a personal dig. They may have meant it. I think one of the girls probably did. But anyway, they may have meant it. They may have meant it and they may not have, but I took it that way. That's the truth. So anyway, I started on what was considered a way of life. And by a way of life, my whole, when I wake up in the morning, I try every morning to say this ABC, that part about being, and really know what I mean, B, Because I, th- those 12 steps were too much for this. This ABC they read after the 12 steps, it was the only thing that kept me in this room. That probably no human power could have remo- relieved my compulsion. Amen. Because there's no, I tried the shots. I went to a fat farm. I tried Mayo Clinic diet 84 times. You know, nothing was able to relieve it. And see, that God could and would if he were sought. And if you don't like the word God, the great thing in this room is you can call it Henrietta. You can say she. You can say power. You can do anything you want because we don't want you to... Have prejudice now. I didn't think I had any prejudice. I got prejudices. I also read these two pamphlets. I still like the old ones because, in all honesty, they're they're more tough than the new ones. That's what I, that's my. This is just my opinion. Uh, and look at this guy. He's concentrating. Should I take the first bite? As if that's the way I look. Get real. I'm crazy. I'm. You should me in Mexico when I made everybody go to this restaurant and they put something on the chicken. I couldn't eat it. I had to leave the restaurant. All the people I brought stayed. I had to go out in the street and find something else to eat. I'm son of a... Oh, God, I was furious. And then the other one is a commitment to abstinence. You know, it's not like I love... The way I talk today is not the way... I'm so grateful to my food plan. But the way I talk today is not the way. I had many years I had a resentment for this food plan, whenever it's an inconvenience. Even now, but at the, but honestly, I can't imagine having any success without starting. And the great thing is my sponsor didn't make me weigh and measure, because she knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't either. I never went to Weight Watchers. That was one of the things I didn't go to. She knew I couldn't. I'm binging. I'm like 213 and I'm starving in between or not eating for a day or half a day. And then I'm binging, there's no way I'm going to sit down four ounces. The first time I measured four ounces of a hamburger and I overcooked it, it was like a turd. I mean, it was, and it tasted horrible. I mean, it was, and I thought, never eating that again. I'm having a half a chicken. Anyway, you know, anyway, uh, what else do I want to say? Oh, let's talk about, oh, God, all this stuff I was going to talk. Anyway, I want to talk about what, right now where I'm at. First of all, I'm trying real hard to work on my gratitude. Every I want to be grateful for everything God gives me, for my higher power. I want to be grateful. I, it, it just is a good way to be. It's just better than some of my anger and resentment, mainly fear. How about the fears I have? Then the other thing is uh, prayer. I'm, praying, I'm trying to pray like all day long, like when something pops into my my head about my daughter instead of me Running off with the fear or going going with the fear always about the future, you know, or whatever. Why don't I say a prayer and ask God to help her, help my grandchildren, help my husband, help me? Um, what else is there? I wrote this down. Let's see. I'll read it. It is not the experience of today that... that that drives men, it's not the experience of today that drives men mad. It is the remorse or bitterness for something which happened yesterday, or the dread of what tomorrow will bring. Anyone can get through one day at a time. And I wrote down food, challenges, conflict, anger, <laughs> fears, and see that's something that wasn't part of my life. And it's really it, it took a lot at the beginning to get through those days without that food. And then the holidays, it's a constant, it's a constant surrender. I play a lot of cards. I'm really lucky because most of the cards I play, there's only a buffet table, like one card table, one game I go to is at 1230. I eat my lunch. I, I eat it earlier on that day so that I'm not even tempted to take anything. I don't want the temptation, especially if I feel weak. Then there's a night game I play once a month with women, and we have people once a month There's 16 of us, so once every 16 months, people come to our house. Well, recently, I was supposed to have it. I like to have my week, my month during the winter. And what happened was I ended up not having it, so I had to have them in June. And I have this big backyard. So by the grace of God, one day at a time, I was able to make the backyard look what I thought was okay. And I, and I got into gardening, and it worked out perfectly because it was after the Warriors had stopped playing, so I had a lot more free time. Um, I don't know. I feel so scattered. I'm so sorry. And forgive me, uh, Lily. Lily? Yes. I mean, it's just... I had a... I had, oh, I want, to, I want to end up with one more thing, the fellowship. I can't begin to tell you the people I've met in this room, they've helped me bury my mother, go through my father's sudden death, go through my mother's cancer. The people in this room came through in so many different ways, and being in these rooms, I can't begin to tell you. And just recently, I helped somebody who was in the, they were in staying at the hospital to help somebody else, and I knew how important her getting her meals are. It's the most important thing for me, for my ability to try to be there for anybody in my family and to be a halfway decent person. <laughs> The best thing I can do is not take that bite because it makes me insane and my personality changes. I didn't ever think that, or, but I, it's the truth. I guess that's it.